0: So we got a little bit different start to the morning for you today. You've had your Christmas dinner and you're still kind of full over that, aren't you? Uh, We're going to go ahead and play a little bit more music and give you a chance to just go ahead and connect. So if you, it's three minutes, you want to wander around and talk to somebody, feel free. You want to stay right where you are and take a nap, feel free. You want to finally talk to your spouse for the first time since Christmas Eve, feel free. Feel free. Do what you're going to do, but three minutes. In that time, uh, group leaders are going to come up and take their spots here, okay? So let it, let it start. Have fun.
1: Where are you now When darkness seems to end Hey, look up, child Ooh, and Hey, look up
0: So what we decided we'd do today uh, is do... A group sermon. You're going to have 10 people just speaking all at once. Pick out your favorite voice. Ready? Go. We are about ready to launch into another season of groups. And we thought it would be good for you to see the faces of group leaders. To get an idea of their topics and, and those sorts of things. So we're going to spend the next several minutes doing that. Rather than introduce each person, we'll just introduce as their as their topic comes up. And what I encourage you to do... You can go ahead and get your copy of the links right now, and down in the links you see journey groups. You can hit sign up here, and that'll take you to the website, so you can see that. If you don't have that, you can just go to southfieldchurch.com, and then go to groups, and you can literally be signing up for the group that you want right now. We will not take that as rude at all. Uh, We would love for you to get signed up. So the way we're going to do this is according to the order in the website, which means, Jesse, you get to go first. (laughs) Jesse and Cameron uh, Majerus are going to be leading a group called The Art of Parenting, and uh, they have some expertise in this area. (laughs) They've got a few kids wandering around their house. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening in the group.
2: Um, Okay, so we're using this book. Look at this. Um, This is by The Rainies, which if you listen to WBGL, you hear them all the time with The Real Family Life or whatever it's called. Um, so they wrote a book called The Art of Parenting, and the whole point is to aim your child's heart toward God. Um, and their slogan is it's too important to do it alone. So the point of the group is just to come together to get some, um, to be equipped on how to parent well and how to parent with eternity in mind.
0: Awesome. When, when you talk parenting, I mean, can I come?
2: Um, 20, 20, 28, no, 26, sorry. So 29. this is for um You could be an expectant parent, which is really cool. You could start the game, like, ahead of everybody else if you do it while you're pregnant. Um, You can be a parent with kids in, like, grade school, maybe high school. But our oldest kid is 12. So if, you know, I'd say around middle school-ish age.
0: Okay, cool. All right. And you're, you're inviting kids to be a part of the, not in the group <laughs> itself, but yes, we are. you're doing childcare at the house. <laughs>
2: so yes, you can bring your kids. Um, we already have nine, so you can bring as many more as you want. And it's not really going to wow. make a
0: difference. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. So who do, who do you imagine this group being best for?
2: You know, I really think this group, um, you're really going to be taking a lot of time to be purposeful about guiding your kids' hearts. So I really think it's going to be really meaningful for kids, um, you know, like five and up, where you're really starting to really develop character and you're really starting to get into, you know, harder issues. Mm-hmm. I think it's great if you have toddlers. You're gonna you're not really gonna be using it right now, but it's still great to have community. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be something more that you're gonna use as your kids get older.
0: Cool. Very good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And and. Cameron sent you out here. He's doing other things well, right actually,
2: now. Well, actually, he's at home with kid.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, get that. I get that totally. All right, so going down the order, believe it or not, we bump all the way to the opposite end of the stage. Uh, the two guys at the other end are involved with basketball, one for people that are under 30-ish or something like that. Well, there's one definitely for people over 30. And, Tom, I think you're the over 30 leader. Yeah, so give Tom the mic. And here's what I'm curious with Tom. I mean, we all know what basketball is, so he doesn't have to explain that. Um, But I think there are a lot of churches that get into sports ministry with this vision in mind of, we want to do sports ministry because it'll bring people to Jesus. And a lot of times it brings people, but it doesn't necessarily lead to that. But in your life, it did.
3: Yeah, uh, when I was younger... I had a guy that invited me to a basketball, it started out in softball, but then it became basketball ministry, and he was like, well, there's a catch, you got to come to church, and I was like, well, Sunday morning, get up and go to church? I was like, but if I get to play basketball, and you probably know that too, Brian, is if I get to play basketball, I can go sit in a church for an hour. Well, (laughs) he didn't just leave it, sit at that, he kept asking me questions and encouraged me, not in a way that it was speaking like Sunday mornings. It was a, he would ask me a question about, how's this in your life? What are you doing with this? Well, look at this verse. Just read it. He wouldn't tell me what it meant or anything. He would just be encouraging to read it. And that's kind of what I would read it. I would come back with a question. And the, the thing that really got me was the fact that there were times where he said, well, I don't really know the answer to that either. Huh. It was a journey, a journey type of a thing. As he was learning just ahead of me. As with my kids, I was learning just ahead of them. So it's that share and push it, you know, not push it, but to hand it down to the people behind you as to if you're farther on the journey, look to the people behind you. So uh, that's kind of what this is for. I've had a few of the guys say, how do you get up on a Saturday morning when you're 55? And it's, (laughs) I'm like, like, I enjoy basketball and it gives me more of a reason to go out there and just talk to guys and get to know guys so that it can be a conversation about how God's working in our lives. Awesome. That's what this Monday night's going to be. And part
0: of what's come back to me from the basketball time that you guys have had is that there are people who have actually, they're experiencing the connection of community through it. That it's not, it's not just playing the game, but they've actually recognized, wow, this group, it's like family. It's like coming to family. So it really has had that kind of impact. It's just been really wonderful and positive. Really good. So you're playing when?
3: I'm playing Monday nights. We're going to go from 7 to 8.30 uh, just to keep it short and brief and uh, just encourage any guys that it's not going to be superstar play. Like I keep telling everybody on Saturday, I have to make one good play, and the rest of the time I could just walk up and down the court, and they'll talk about that one play for – for a few weeks, so it's, it's good enough for me. So Monday nights, that's kind of how it's going to be, awesome. you know. Awesome. Come on out, make a couple good plays, and then we'll talk about it for, for, for a long
0: time. So. Awesome. And, Brian, yours is when?
4: On Saturday mornings from 9 to 11, and it, we are not for people just under 30. Uh, this is for any, any guy 15 and older, and what I love about what's happened on Saturday mornings is it, it has brought in the peripheral friends from... I mean, as far south as Wilmington. Uh, I mean, so th- it's a great on-ramp if you're looking for an opportunity to invite a friend out to to show them that church isn't just a bunch of you know uptight people sitting in chairs and ignoring each other. Like ba- getting out on the basketball court really allows you to to express yourself in a in a pretty cool way. And again, I I love we've we've had. Uh, Plenty of father son combos come into this, uh, come into this group, and that makes for just an absolutely fun time. Uh, and we've stayed pretty clear of injuries for the most part, uh, outside of myself. Uh, but it's a, again, it's it's just a really cool uh, opportunity to get together every Saturday
0: morning uh, from nine to eleven. Good deal. So we have both of those going. Did you say when yours was, Jess? I forget. Say when.
2: It's on Friday Friday night from, I think, 6.30 to
0: 8. There you go. Friday night, 6.30 to 8. Okay, we got that at your house. Uh, Rod, go ahead and give the mic to Kim if you don't mind. <clears throat> the next one is called Living Second. Tell us about that, Kim. What's, what's the group about?
5: We're going to be breaking down a verse, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to make you go look for it. It's, um, over the it's on the website. Well, it's on the <laughs> website, but it's also on the wall. Uh, We have two two verses on the wall here that used to be at the warehouse, and we brought them over here because they were so important to us. It's the verse that's over the donuts. So you need to look, and you've probably never noticed it before, but we're going to spend six weeks breaking down. It's actually two verses, looking over those two verses and trying to figure out what does it mean and how do we live it out. And then the unique thing about this group, I've never done this before, but we're going to have a different guest leader every week and it might be someone who can't attend the group all, you know, all six weeks, but it's just popping in for that one week. And I think it'll give people an, a, an opportunity to, to, to meet some women, to see some leaders that maybe you wouldn't have
0: before. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that concept of sharing it. It gives a chance to grow up a leader. That, that's fantastic. Wonderful. And yours is when again? Just say one more time.
5: Monday night, 6.30 to 8. Here? Here.
0: Here. Okay, great. Um, why don't you get that mic back to Dale? Um, and I'm, I'm skipping order here. So if you're, if you're in the, on the website, you're going down. This is scrolling, right? You're scrolling down to the Psalms. So tell us about your group, Dale.
6: This is going to be a unique group. I've never done anything like this before. I'm really not going to do much preparation for it. I enjoy it, which sounds like okay. So it makes it's kind, kind of like a sermon. It makes awesome, you know me, yeah. That's right. That's true. Good match. <laughs> We're going to cover the book of Psalms, and we're not going to do the whole book. We're going to start doing the first two Psalms, and we may pick as we go along. We're going to actually do a study of it, just a real study as we go, like a real live study as we go through it, that it's not that hard to read the Bible, and for people that are busy that can't always get to it, this is going to give them an opportunity to come and just see what it's like. You don't have to go to whole weeks, all the weeks. You can, if you can only make a few, that's fine, but we'd like you to stay for the whole time. So at the end, I'd like to just be able to you know, share with you how to study and what to study for, and hopefully an application each week that we can bring home and live the week with.
0: Awesome. Very good. Again, day? Sunday night, 6.30 to
6: 8.
0: At, you, at our house. At your house. Okay. And in that's Joliet. in Joliet. Wonderful. Correct. Good. So Dave and Dale are going to be involved in leading a group together. I'm going to have uh, Dale hand the mic to Dave because... Dale is now leaving to go pick up his grandkids. So he's (laughs) heading on out, okay? He's not leaving because he insulted himself. He's leaving to go get his kids. And Dave, tell us about Battlefield. This is intriguing.
7: Well, I think uh, Kim did a great job of putting to words kind of what's on um, Dale's heart and my heart for this, and that is there's a battle raging right now Mm -hmm. in this room. And around this property and around the property of every church that's committed to do God's bidding. And so we're, we're going to take that matter to heart. If you look around the room, you know, the soul, the spirit of every person here is eternal what we do with that information matters for eternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to come here and continue what Dale and, and Tom and some others have been doing, and that's praying here on Saturday nights. We're going to try to continue that for another six weeks and, and see if we can turn it up a notch and, and pray that God would do great things on Sunday morning in the spiritual realms. It says in Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, evil. Spirits, spiritual world. So uh, we're going to take that to heart and we're going to go at it and surrender ourselves before God and uh, ask Him to do great things here at Southfield.
0: So you're talking about some good old-fashioned warfare praying.
7: Yeah, and you know what? This, this, this group is for everybody. I, I don't pray. I have to confess this. I am terrible at prayer. My mind wanders. I have to have stuff written out. I come in here. If I, if you know, I tried to pray over empty seats, and that lasted for 10 seconds, and then I'm trying to figure out, well, why is this piece of carpet coming up here, or whatever, you know, right? Uh, so, that's the problem
0: with being an engineer and praying, right? That's right.
7: So if, if you're good at prayer, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. If, if you stink <clears throat> at it, then this is the place for you.
0: <laughs> we're we're going to come in
7: here, and we're going to grunt, and oh, 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 oh. Uh, Yeah, God, what he said, <laughs> you know, that type of thing, but we're We're not going to call on people. We're not going to embarrass you. If you want to pray by yourself, um, that's fine. If you want to pray in groups, that's fine, too. This is not designed to put people on the spot or make them feel uncomfortable. This is Mm -hmm. about to go at it. We're going to go at it and ask God to do great things.
0: And I just think, uh, coming off of what we did with Christmas Eve, it's a great, I mean, that preparation of prayer that we did before we made the asks, and then to see the response to that, to see the number of people who would come up to me and say, this is the person we were praying for was amazing. And, and God does respond when we get earnest with him. So, um, so that is Saturday nights at? From 8 to 9 here. here. All right. Correct. Wandering the building, praying through the building. And we start Very January 12th. Good. Wonderful. Okay. Pass the... Oh no, you don't have to pass the mic. Rod's got the next one. Rod, Genesis People and Nations for Men. That's right. Guys, Tuesday
4: night, 7 o'clock Here. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a who's who, and we're going to do as many people as we can in the book of Genesis uh, in six weeks. Uh, you know, really, <clears throat> there's so many decisions. These are the first people to encounter God, and a lot of their decisions impact us today. Hmm. And there's so much evidence being discovered more and more all the time, archaeology and history and even genetics, there's no other model that Fits the the Bible model. Fits the evidence we're seeing today. Hmm. Um, so, if you got questions, you got doubts, you're skeptical, um, we can talk about those questions and we can go through these people. So, uh, although I'm fired up about that too, maybe uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this so, is what I love. Group leaders hear each other's groups, like I'm coming <laughs> to yours. This is this is good stuff. So wonderful. And yeah, that, that's, that's going to be a great opportunity. I love the implications of people's decisions, how quite literally today, 2018, we're still living out the implications mm-hmm. of people's decisions from Genesis. It's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing the way that works. So, The next group is called Living Stories, and it's by with John and Susan Beaker. John and Susan aren't here, so we're not talking about their group. <laughs> no, I told them I would. They're skiing today. Well-deserved ski trip with their family. But uh, they, they've done this before, just taking the time, kind of like what Rod's doing, that you're, you're looking at, at stories in the Old Testament and looking at the implications for today. How does it impact uh, life today? So uh, great group to be a part of. And then we have an under-30s group led by Don and Misty. You guys have been doing this one for a while. You've been working your way through the fruit of the Spirit, and you find yourself at self-control, which I'm surprised you didn't just say, let's skip that one and move on to the next one. Because who likes to talk about self-control? Tell us why you're an expert at this, Don. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is interesting. <laughs> no, you take it where you not want a, it. Not an expert. Not Feel an free. expert.
8: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been going through <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit now for about two years. And uh, this is the last... The last fruit that we're going through, self control, and
0: uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's just it's been really amazing, uh, r- amazing to see the the relationships that have been built and uh, the the connections that have been been made. Um, but yeah, so we're going through self control. It's uh, it's for um, couples who are engaged or married, and they're they have to be under thirty. And uh, but if you're close, we may be able to. Fudge that a little, um, but uh, yeah, we meet Monday nights six thirty to eight thirty, and uh, we're we're just we're we're having a blast with this. I have a child in that group; he loves it. Good. So it's been a very good experience <laughs> and self control. That's a topic everybody needs to hear. I mean, it's just uh, my word. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Misty?
1: Funny, you give me a mic and you never know. Well, right? I'll
0: take. We we can turn You've it off. so got ahead.
1: <laughs> this group, we're passionate about the family here at Southfield. And this group, we've met people and people are coming that you know are starting out their marriages and uh, just living life fully for God, mm. saying, I'm not that busy that I can't carve out time. Mm. And the funny thing is, our, we start at 6.30, we don't have an end time. And some nights we pull it out late because we have these incredible discussions or very competitive games.
5: So just that plug that we'd love to have you. New couples are always welcome.
0: Oh, That's fantastic. Thank you. Tom, I'm going to make you talk for a minute about my group. So one hour, we meet on Thursdays, right? I think that's what we're doing. Yeah, Thursday Ther- mornings. Thursday mornings, right 6.30 to 7.30, right before uh, work. You participated in this group, basically came to church about this time last year, showed up at... Christmas, so you're at an anniversary here. You've been coming to our group. Um, It's kind of like Dale was talking about. There isn't a prepared lesson. It's a question, and we sit and talk about the question. What impact has that had on you? And I'm crossing my fingers that it has. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) No, it has. There's even been times where I've told people about, you know, I don't give names and numbers because what happens on Thursday morning stays there. (laughs) There But there's been topics that are You know, it's like, hey, I didn't realize this. And to key off of what the basketball it's it seems like that conversation with that that guy who looked at, you know, a twenty year old and said, Hey, I'm gonna pour into you. So Mm. it's been really good. We get some tough topics where you can hear the the crickets some mornings and you gotta kinda churn it up, but then there's mornings where it's like, I'm gonna be late for work yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) and you just keep going it's it's one of those things but yeah it's been really enjoyable and the questions aren't you know like you have to be a bible scholar to know it it's just you know where are we at and how are you doing it's
0: really talking about your life so it's not like you're preparing for a question or anything like that uh, and you just come and we talk about it The, the questions are they're probing and challenging. Uh, they they yep. kind of, they do make us think. The getting late for work is totally your choice. Y- it, yes, we are is. We're very prompt yes, it, at our ending I'll, time, I, and we end, but, but we do like to hang. Yes. Yeah. End to
3: end, yeah. and there's guys that leave, so you can leave, but if you can stay, and I already told my boss on Thursdays uh, I'm going to be late, so awesome. He's, awesome. he's okay with that.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's an ongoing group. Make sure you go ahead and just jump into that one. That one's I've loved it. I've loved it. I love waking up Thursday morning and heading over here. Uh, Dave, you're leading another group. So, Revelation for adults. Um, tell us about what, I mean, we know what you'll be studying. The end, the end of the Bible. So, where do you think you're going with this? What do you expect? Well,
7: um, just a little background on this. When, when we do a journey group, I like to have a party at the end because I figure if people can put up with me for six or seven weeks, then they need to have some, <laughs> some sort of a celebration that it's over, right? And so at the last one, I asked the group, you know, we're all together. I said, well, you know, if we were going to do another group, what would you do? And uh, one, of the, one of the folks said, uh, Revelation. And so my immediate response was, never again will I ask that question. <laughs> and then my next response was, what about Jude? The
6: book of Jude, you know, one chapter. There's
7: 22 chapters in Revelation I 22-week <clears throat> studies. But no, I'm, I'm excited that, uh, that she picked that. We found a great book by uh, Henry Blackaby, and he summarizes it in here by saying, you know what, there's a lot in Revelation that we don't understand but we're going to focus on the things that we do understand. There's Mm -hmm. a lot there that we can understand. Mm -hmm. You know what the cool thing is about Revelation? One of them is it's like the fifth gospel. Mm. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we're going to get to know Christ even better Mm -hmm. uh, by studying Revelation. What is he doing today? Mm -hmm. Christ is at work today. What is he doing today? What's he going to do in the future? What has he done in the past? We'll look uh, at all of those things in Revelation, and what does he have to say to the churches and yeah. to our
0: church? I love that you say it that way. The, the, the literal actual title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. A lot of people think it's the revelation of end times. No, it's the revelation of Jesus. We learn more about Jesus, especially in his kingly glory when he rules, reigns supreme over the earth. So, Fantastic. That is when again? Uh, That is, (laughs) I had to think about that,
7: Sunday nights from 6.30 to 8, starting on uh, the 13th. Here are your hosts. Dave and Teresa Fields have graciously opened their home, and uh, there's information, uh, directions on the website. Dave, by the way, is another
0: guy who came to Christ through basketball. Through sports ministry. So, yeah, yeah, really awesome, really cool. All right, the next one is called the Ask. And this is a co-led group by Kim and Eileen. And um, Eileen promised to come up here. This is her first step. She will not be asked a question. She will sit and do nothing else. If Kim asks her a question, I'll take away the mic. She's not allowed to. Next step, she's here. Let's just be happy. All right. So tell us what's going to happen in the ask.
5: Eileen's going to be leading right? I'm going to be there with her. This is something she's wanted to do for a long time. And uh, we're we're just taking a baby step. We all know we need to pray. We all have people in our lives that are facing impossible situations. Maybe you're facing an impossible situation. And we believe up here that prayer will make a difference, but we don't spend the time to do anything about it. And so we want to spend three weeks, three hours. It's just a one-hour group, it's just for women, sorry. And we, I come to the
0: retreat, so I, I mean.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we're starting. And so if you have something impossible in your life or if someone you love has something in their life that is just um, overwhelming, this group is for you. Come for three hours. It's not going to be intimidating. You won't even have to pray. We'll pray for you. We'll pray with you. And what we're going to do is we're going to just plead with God and beg him to, to act and, and to, to then give us a passion to pray uh, going forward. But just three times in January, Thursday night, 7 to 8. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome. You want to check her pulse? Yeah. She's still you here. you want to
5: say anything else? Okay.
0: Oh, my. Here we go. You asked.
2: We're going to gather together and audaciously ask God, to do the impossible, because if He create us, He can do what we're asking.
0: Mm, awesome, thank you so much. All right, why don't you? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Rod, would you give the mic to your wife? And Tristy, you're leading a group called—is uh, it Second Friday? Yes. Yes. Tell us about Second Friday.
8: Um, well, honestly, I I love to lead groups, but this season of my life, I'm not able to do a weekly group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I know women are always looking to connect with other women, but we just often don't put the invite out there. So this is an invite to connect with other women. Okay. Um, once a month at my house, um, I think I said 6.30, and um, just a place for you to come together, together to connect, to be together. Um, and I'm generally pretty uh, on target with things, so there'll probably be targeted conversations, but um, it's also just a time to come be together. Cool. It says seven to eight thirty. Seven. So okay, that's, that's the okay. Time. Thank you.
0: You'll be there. So <laughs> yes, I'll be uh, there. <laughs> and then while you're while you're talking, tell us just a little bit about the retreat, when, theme, whatever you want to say. Okay.
8: So the um the journey group that I'm leading comes from the retreat, and um, the retreat is entitled Better Together. And um, honestly, we are connected in so many ways through um, so many avenues, and yet so many of us walk around just feeling lonely. And um, I went through a season where I honestly questioned whether or not we're better together. Mm. And God gives us two commands. He says Mm. to love him and to love others. Mm. And then in Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one. Mm. Um, And I just kind of went, I don't know that I agree with you, God. And um, so coming out of a season of that, I am to a place where I believe that we are better together, and I believe that God says we're better together, and he designed us that way. And so this retreat is to encourage you that we are better together and to come challenge you to believe that with me.
0: Very good. Wonderful. Would one of the two of you, whoever chooses, tell us what Vicki's group does? Vicki isn't able to be here today. She's not feeling well, so uh, the group is called Life, Doing Life Together. Right? Yeah.
8: So um, mm-hmm. Vicky's group meets um, once a month, I think, is what she's doing this time. And they meet at a restaurant generally. And um, it's just a time to just eat together, talk together, be together. Um, just giving you that connection point. And it's really formed a cool community for women who come.
0: Cool. Wonderful. The next one on the list is membership seminar that I'm leading. I'm not going to talk about that now. And then there's... Um, You're doing a student Bible study again. Last one was fantastic. So Yeah, we're going to be doing two
4: studies here this spring. Um, One of them will be a a Bible study. And the last time when when we started this up in the fall, I kind of expected like three, four kids to show up Uh, because it's Tuesday night. It's just another thing like on the list. And we had just shy of 20 high schoolers showing up every week uh, over in Sherwood at Bob and Seventy Coins House, which was really cool, Uh, really encouraging that we have a student body who is hungry uh, for for God's Word. Uh, And so we're going to continue that. We haven't decided the topic or the time yet uh, because we still have to work through some other details, uh, but we'll get a Bible study, and then we're also going to be doing a Dave Ramsey financial study. We did this six years ago, right when I started, uh, after I graduated college. I was fortunate enough to have not Dave Ramsey in my life, but uh, Kim Papsy in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Who helped me, uh, to, you know, through through hard work, uh, working through school, working during the summers, and and all that, uh, you know, starting in high school, uh, to to help me graduate from college debt free, and I went to U of I, which isn't cheap. Uh, so at, we want to we want to be able to help kids, uh, at least relieve that burden you know how how what does this look like instead of just going on and and you know kind of putting the credit card out there and saying all right I'm going to trust you university x and you're going to get me this job that's going to pay off all this debt Uh, we want to we want to get the kids prepared before before you go Uh, so that's going to be open to high schoolers and one of the kids who went through this is it worked Uh, he ended up going did the junior college track then went off to northern and is now getting married without the stress of his own school uh, student debt. So, again, really encouraging um, opportunity to, to be a part of. So we'll be setting both those groups up and get the details out here, uh, here shortly. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Wonderful.
0: Very good. So thank you all. One of the On Sunday morning, you know the way this works. You sit there staring up here. You know, it works this way. A group is a circle. A group is a circle for people to be able to interact together. So rather than sitting side by side, we're really getting into each other's lives, which is vital if we're going to grow in Christ. And so we're grateful to all of you for the sacrifice you make beyond Sunday morning uh, to lead us and challenge us to to grow that way. So let's go ahead and thank them. And you all can go ahead and have a seat or another seat. Um, Why don't you do this? Go ahead and just... You don't have to say hi to anybody. Stand and stretch, okay? Just stand up for a second. Get some blood back in your legs. Go ahead and have a seat. As you do, uh, Brian Brian wants to invite the uh, Majerus gang up here for a second. Yeah, I know that not all of our the Our Majerus... servers also, also, by the way, will go ahead and start receiving the offering. So, I know, unfortunately, that. our
4: the majority of the Majerus gang isn't able to be here because of sickness. However, two of them are coming up here. Uh, if you were in the gym on Sunday night... or I'm sorry, Christmas Eve, not on Sunday night. If you were in the gym on Christmas Eve, there was a team of... Kids who helped sing uh, The 12 Days of Christmas. As we did a, a fun skit, John Beaker and I were kind of acting it out. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it also tired me out <laughs> pretty well. Uh, I was sweating a lot, but we had a, a crew of kids who, like at the, at, in the 11th hour, the last minute, came up and I said, Hey, would you guys mind singing? And they're like, What? Yeah. And they were really excited. I think they did a great job. So we just wanted to thank you guys today. Uh, now, you're getting a tube of gumballs. This is not just for you two. I'll see to it that every single person who was on that stage singing gets at least, well, 10, 15 gumballs. All right. So if you would uh, just join me in thanking them for the role they played on Christmas Eve. (laughs) And uh, you all are off tonight. Yeah, we are off tonight and Wednesday and we kick back
0: up next week. Awesome. Very good. Thanks. The main thing I want you to know about that's really important, you've obviously heard about groups and signing up for that. The other thing to get signed up for is the the blood drive on January 7th. It's from 4 to 7. Nice window there on on that Monday evening. Many of you have done this before. If you did it before here at church a couple months ago, you're already eligible to go again. So uh, it's just a great opportunity, especially this time of year. Uh, they're always looking for donations, so if you go ahead and hit register, that's going to take you right to their site, and you go ahead and sign up. And uh, we even have uh, Chad's offered to provide something of a meal that night, so that you know you you go ahead and have some food right away after go ahead and volunteering to do that. So uh, we invite you to get involved in that. I do it, and uh, it's just it's a great way to be able to give something you don't need. You don't need all that blood. Give away a little bit of it, okay? get involved in that. So let's pray together. Father God in heaven, today I'm grateful for the opportunities that we have to join together in in community through groups and for the opportunity we have to be together here now the way we are. I pray that we would be moved and challenged to be more like Jesus in the year to come uh, because of the things we learn. In Jesus' name, amen. The human soul is wired uh, with the ability to reflect. We're able to reflect. We're able to think about what happened. We're not like you know, an animal or some other life form. We actually take the time to ponder, to think, and reflect. Not only do we have the ability to, I think we have the need to. We have the need to take the time to stop and think about how life is working, what it's been like. That's part of our design as being created in the image of God. God is a reflector. We're reflectors of God. We have that ability to reflect. And obviously, certain seasons inspire reflection. You come to a birthday, especially as they start to accumulate, you stop and reflect. What happened this past year? What was that like? We came to an anniversary here recently, a wedding anniversary. Gave us a chance to kind of ask ourselves some questions about where we are and where we're going. So we have those natural times to stop and think. What do we do when we reflect? Well, we rewind. What happened? Good and bad. What, what happened out there? We react. I liked that. I hated that. Want no more of that stuff. We reset. Here's what needs to change. And then we resolve. More of that, enough of that. Don't want any more of that. The start of the new year is, of course, one of those many creases in the calendar that gives us a natural season for Reflection. Maybe you've already started. You're one of those people that spends December kind of reflecting on the past year. Maybe you're a December 31st, 10 o'clock person. You kind of wait right up to the very end. But I thought we'd use this morning either to set the process in motion or continue in what you've already engaged. I like resolutions. I like that clean slate moment. I like that idea of, you know, killing an old habit or starting a new one. I like them and I have to admit that for me, they have been relatively ineffective about two weeks into the new year, not only am I not doing them, I forgot what they were. So, And I suspect a few of you there there as well. Going into uh, 2016, I was challenged by a group of people to take on a practice that has proven for me far more effective than resolutions. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you may actually already do this. And if you do, I'm sure you can testify to its effectiveness. I signed up for a learning experience with a group of people In Southern Indiana, at a retreat center, group of ministry leaders, and it was led by two incredibly wise women. They're just really, really wise. I I kiddingly refer to them as my little evangelical Yodas. You know, they're just kind of these—they're really wise, wise people. And as we approached the new year, they recommended taking on the practice of choosing a word for the year. Just choosing a word. This is this is my word. And it's not just pick a word, any word. There, there's a way to choose this word. It's a word that we believe was pressed on us by the Spirit of God. It's, it's a direction the Spirit of God is taking me. It's a word that is both inspirational and aspirational. A word that requires a stretch. Not just nice and safe, but something that pushes you out there a bit. It's a word that we choose To live into. I'm going to embrace this concept for the coming year. And it's a word that, if lived well, would prove transformational. By the end of this, I will be different. I was up for it. I wanted to try it. And as 2016 approached, I thought about the year past as well as the year to come. 2015, it was our first full year in this new space. That was a great year. There was so much energy. And there were so many reasons to celebrate But there was also a lot of work to do. And like I do, I put my head down and just plowed forward. 2016 was going to be an an incredible year in the life of our family. Riley and Brian were about to get married. Uh, Nate was about to go off to school in Texas. Kim's dad was suffering illness. And we didn't know how long his life would last. And so as I thought about the year, and as I reflected and prayed, the word savor came to mind. I wanted to savor the year. You know, just like a good piece of food. I wanted, to, I wanted to get it in my mouth and I wanted to chew and I wanted to get every last bit of flavor out of it that I could. I didn't want to just swallow, gobble it up and move on. I wanted to enjoy every moment. And I got to tell you, choosing that word for me was so helpful. Throughout the year, it helped me to slow down. It caused me to stop, to just stop. And literally think about that word at moments like when I'm at this wedding and I'm standing against a beam and I'm watching Bryant just dance with his mother. And I wasn't going to miss that. I savored every moment of that. Or the night that Shelly and I went out into Dawson Prairie in the dark at Green Lake and laid down in the middle of the grass and stared at all those Wisconsin stars while she turned on the song Wonder. And we just listened to that. we standing in the parking lot and watching my little boy walk into a dorm, knowing that I wouldn't see him till Thanksgiving, I savored. I savored. Savor, it was a good word, and I needed that word. It changed me. As 2007 approached, uh, 2017 approached, we were asked to do another word. Savor had transformed me, but I could sense there was still work to do. And, and so there was a bit of a transitioning to a new word, and there was the word B. B. E. just be. Savoring was about taking in the moment. B, this was about confronting the side of me that is more comfortable doing than being. I like to do. I'm task oriented. My zone is the zone of activity. B, I'm, what am I supposed to do with B? Which is exactly the point, right? You do nothing with B except B. That's exactly the point. I was actually trying to turn being into action instead of just being. Again, a year with that word did some work on my soul. Last year, we were asked once again, what's your word? And this time I realized a trend, that words were growing out of words or flowing out of other words. Again, I sensed there was more work to be done with the word be, and rather than just choose a new word, I felt a need to add on to that one, and so it became the word be with, be with. How was God calling me to be more deeply in relationship, into community? The death of Kim's dad was still fresh in our minds. We were reeling over the loss of so many friends that had moved out of Illinois and out of church in a way. I felt the need to dig in more deeply into relationships. Some things grew out of that word, literally. Like volunteering to be a group leader at day camp for the first time in my life. I had done all kinds of things at day camp. I had never just tracked with a a, a group of little ducklings all day long at camp. And and it grew out of that word. There was a group that I wanted to start for a long time. And I just kind of kept waiting for the perfect moment. It had to be just right. And the word be with said, would you just do it? Would you just jump and do the group? And it it pushed me to be with. But I admit it, it was weird too. 2017 felt pretty lonely for me. I often felt distant and detached. The losses continued, right? Aubrey's moved away. I mean, we had, we had served together for a decade. They had become for me like that well-worn pair of shoes that I go grab. They're comfortable. They're broken in. I know they're not going to let me down. They're just, they're perfect. And, and we worked well together. And then at the end of the summer, we lost Roger Swank. I lost Roger. Roger was a spiritual father to this church and a father to me. I reflected on my word with one of my Yodas recently. I talked about the irony of being met with so much separation and isolation when the word be with was the word I had chosen. She wrote back, I'm sorry you've experienced losses this year and wonder how you see or have experienced God in his invitation to be with. Could it be more with?" him or how has he been with you and this is why we all need a yoda right (laughs) because i'm thinking i'm not getting connection with people and she's saying you're not getting the point the lack of connection with people is actually a call to deeper connection with god aha i get it it only took me about 11 and a half months but i get it so the word doesn't always unfold the way we think it will I'd like to take the next couple of moments to lay out a biblical foundation for the practice. Now, mind you, I am not going to say that the Bible commands us to choose a word for the year. It does not, okay? It's simply a wise practice. But I think we'll find a biblical pattern in the Bible with words. We know that in John 1, John describes Jesus as what? The Word, Think of all the words he could have chosen to use and he chooses the word word. Why? Words matter to God. They communicate, they inform, they inspire, they correct, they challenge, they speak. They live in us and we can live into them. While the people of God did not seem to be in the practice of choosing a word for the year, certain seasons and certain junctures called forth certain challenging words. So let's run through a few. If you think back to the story of Joseph, he's abandoned by his brothers. He's separated from his father. I am sure this man felt very much alone. At every turn, he must have felt rejection, felt like an outcast, felt like a failure. And yet, what does God say about Joseph? The Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. Again and again and again, that term is repeated about Joseph. That's part of the season in his life that he needed to hear Early in Exodus, a theme emerges, a phrase to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. What is it? Let my people go. Exodus 5-1, 6-1, 7-16, 8-1, 8-8, 8-20, 9-1, 9-13, 9-17, 10-3. It's a rather unmissable message. Let my people go. As Moses ends, uh, comes near the end of his time with Israel, he gives them a word, beautiful word, choose, choose. About 25 times in Deuteronomy, choose. And it's wrapped up with this classic call in Deuteronomy 30:19. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you've made. Oh, that you would choose life so that your descendants may live. He wanted them to be well aware that the past generation had chosen poorly and now they had a choice, they had a decision to make. We move to Joshua and a new word emerges. The choice has been made. They cross the river, they go into the promised land and God gives a word to Joshua again and again and again. I think you know what it is. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again and again, just in these few verses, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was a season requiring strength and courage. Are you catching this? God has given his people words to live into for certain seasons, for a specific calling. I could go on. David is referred to as the beloved of God. He needed that message. He needed to know he was beloved when his family, his brothers, didn't always seem to be beloving him. When David gets involved in writing the Psalms and leading the people in worship, words became a key. One of the words I think of is wait, wait, hopefully wait for, the call, for, for God. The prophets have a recurring word that lasts all the way up to John the Baptist, repent. It's the Hebrew word shuv. I love it. It reminds me of shoving someone. Shuv, push, push in the other direction. It's time to change course. Jesus gave a word to his church in Matthew 28. What is it? Go, go, mobilize, get out there. Take your faith into the world. Different epistles play on different words. It's hard to think of Philippians without thinking of the words joy and rejoicing. I hope I I could go on. I hope you get the idea. God loves to challenge his people through words with words. So one might ask, if you want to take on this practice, how do I land on a word? What do I do? The process I have found helpful is just a time of reflecting. You go to Philippians chapter 3. What does Paul say? Forgetting what is in the past, looking forward to what is in the future. Taking the time to position myself where I am, to look at what's happened, to look at what's coming... And just see where life is. It's not terribly complex or difficult. You have to review where you've been to get a sense of where you're going. Where have I been? What happened last year or last season? Good or bad? What do I want to leave back there? What do I want to bring forward with me? How has God been with me in this past season? Where are his fingerprints? Where is his activity it's a guided reflection. And by guided, I mean guided literally by the Spirit of God. Be literal. Ask the Spirit of God to show you what He sees, not just what you see. And in reflecting on the past and praying for guidance, a path forward emerges. A word. And let me say a few more things about the word. It may come quickly. It may come so quickly that you think that couldn't be the word. I mean, it's just too fast. There it is. Boom. Boom. And part of the reason it came quickly, well, God's been preparing you for that moment. So it came quickly, yay. Sometimes it comes painfully slowly. Does that mean God didn't prepare me? Not necessarily. I just think it means there's some value to be had in reali- in, 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 to be realized in processing and in reflecting more. Be careful not to choose a wish word. What's a wish word? A wish word is a change of status, has more to do with change of status than transformation. You know, you may say, "My word is marriage. I'm getting married. I don't know who it is, where they are, but by December 31st, I will be married." That's beautiful, but that's a wish word. Okay, we're looking at words that talk about transformation rather than simply a change in status. Rich, be rich, is not. A, that's more of a wish word. I think. I think you get the point. Okay. The word should be aspirational. There should be a bit of a stretch. It should also be transformational. If I chose to live into the word, how would I be changed? Now, for perfectionists out there, you're never going to feel like it's the right word. You're going to go crazy. Nah, it could be different, it could be better, you know, whatever. No. At some point, you just got to choose. you got to try it on. you got to say, it's not a biblical command. It's a helpful tool. And move forward in wisdom. Give it a whirl you live into it a month you go yeah that wasn't the one try another in fact that's what we probably need as perfections to try more things on well as i said i've been living into this for a few years i usually take december to start praying through so that by january 1st i'm ready to go and i've been working on that personally but it's funny as i thought about this this year i thought it would be kind of cool to take on a word as a church I, I, and, and God has been pressing one on me for months. It just won't let me go. I think that's part of the sign of a good word. It doesn't choo- You don't choose it. It chooses you. It grabs you, and it won't let you go. The word came to me several times just, just walking the halls, my experience of walking the halls on a Sunday morning, both what I receive and what I give, okay? It, I think this word comes out of something that's bigger than us. It's a culture thing. But what does Paul say? Don't let the culture squeeze you into its mold. Be different than the culture. The word has to do with our eyes. We need to look up. Look up, that's the word. We need to look up. The most obvious application has to do with this goofy little addictive thing right here. How many times are we in a crowd of people, human beings, flesh, blood, pulse, breath, and what are we doing? We're with our virtual friends. Oh, look what she did. Oh, look what he's eating. Oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. And there's this person standing right here. But we're having so much fun in virtual world Rather than spending time in reality world, here we are with each other. We need to look up. Get our eyes off here. People are present. Look up. Why hang out with my virtual friends when I'm in the middle of reality friends? And reality friends are so cool. Look up. I started reading a book recently by Senator Ben Sasse called Them in it, he su- specifically addresses the ways in which our social media connectedness has led to real-life disconnectedness and a deepening sense of loneliness in the American soul. And I think he's really onto to something. I'm amazed at how many people are great at being friends here, but have the hardest time in the world just saying hi when they see another human being. Now, it's not just a phone thing, Okay we as society have developed a sort of eye aversion. Maybe it grew out of stranger danger, I don't know. We can literally be walking down a hallway and a person is walking by us and and we don't look at them. We just kind of keep looking ahead. We know they're there, we sense their presence, they sense ours, but we just keep on mission. We keep moving forward. We don't avert our eyes enough to go human and and say, hi, hi. And even just keep walking. We'll, we'll literally just walk by each other in an eight-foot hallway rather than just looking and saying, my goodness, hi, it's a person, isn't this cool? Human present. Actually, actually acknowledging their existence. I wonder if both of these practices have grown out of some sort of social defensive mechanism. Maybe it's a fear of just real-life engagement. Maybe I'm afraid that if I say hi, they won't say hi back. I don't know. I don't know the reason, but I know it's real out there and at times in here. And I do not know. And I know that Christ calls us to live in community. And no community can be realized if we don't look each other in the eyes. We've got to look each other in the eyes. Now, I'm going to take my moment of personal confession here, okay? My eyes stay down when I'm on a mission. I admit it, you know it. I mean, I've got to get from there to there, and i got to go fast. Boom, eyes down, boom, straight forward. Tasks matter too much to me sometimes. People should matter more. People are our mission. In this way, I wish I was a little bit more like John Beaker. When John's on base on Sunday morning, we kind of have a standing worship team joke. Someone has to know where he is at all times. Because like at five minutes till, if John's not in the room, we've got to send an emissary to go get him. John would stay in the foyer until nine fifteen, just jabbering away, talking, have a great time. Because people are his mission. I'm like, yeah, but you got to play the bass. Come on, I wish I had more of that in me. People are our mission. We need to look up. So again, I want to build a biblical case for the term. When I typed in "look up" in quotes in the gospel, in Bible Gateway. You know the most dominant use of that in the, in the Gospels? Jesus looking up to pray. Not bowing his, heads and closing his, bowing his head and closing his eyes. He looked up to pray. Whether he blessed the five loaves and two fish, healed the deaf person, raised Lazarus from the dead, kneeling in the garden, prying through to his death, Jesus looked up to pray. Our looking up has more to do with simply glancing up from our phones. It's a whole life posture. All eyes on God. This makes God our ultimate starting point. Do you see the difference that we experienced this Christmas when our eyes went to God first before we made an ask, before we invited someone? God wants us to be looking to him first. The response was incredible. A life of faith is a posture of lifted eyes, seeing God in all things. So one of the things we're going to practically try, when I remember, and I know things don't always work the way I want them to up here, but from time to time when we go to pray, I'm going to invite you to look up rather than looking down. To literally just... Get that physical posture of looking up so that we start paying attention more to the fact that there is a Father in heaven. Why did Jesus always look up? Why did he look up? He knew the reality of someone in heaven who loved him and who wanted to communicate with him. Let me share another. Many times Jesus lifted his eyes to see the crowd around him. He'd look up and see. And when he did, what does the Bible say? He saw their deep need and he had compassion We see this when he he sees the crowd, he has compassion on them because they're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw a crowd, he looked up and it stirred deep and compelling compassion. Oftentimes when we see need, we avert our eyes. We don't want to see it. We don't want to deal with it. Maybe we don't feel like we have the internal resources right now to deal with it. But we avert our eyes. Rather than doing what Jesus did, looking deeply into the need and looking so deeply that it caused compassion to well up in him. We're supposed to be like Jesus. Not like our culture. We're supposed to be like Jesus. There's another occasion that Jesus spoke of looking up. John 4 tells us he's sitting with the woman at the well. She leaves. Before she leaves, as she leaves, the disciples come back. They arrive with food. He turns down the offer to eat. They're confused. She speaks of, he then speaks of a real meal, a spiritual nourishment that he has received. And while speaking of this food, he suggests to his disciples that they wake up and look up. He says there are four months and then come harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields that are white to harvest. Some suggest that while Jesus was saying this, the woman is walking back up the desert road with people from her village, and they're dressed in their white robes, and they're blowing in the wind, and they look like waving wheat as they're coming up the road. Jesus obviously is speaking of a spiritual harvest, not just a physical one. Lifting up, looking up often involves lifting our eyes to see the lostness of our world a world that is more lost by the day, as as our culture sinks deeper and deeper into the dark night of secularism, our natural response is to paint them as the enemy rather than what they really are, which is a captive of the true enemy of every human soul. Like Jesus, we are called to look up. We're called to look on the crowd with compassion, we're called to look up and see the fields that are ready for harvest. Let me give you two more real quick. Acts 17, 11. Do you remember the Bereans in Acts 17? Paul goes and speaks to these group of people. He's the Apostle Paul. Wrote the book of Romans, right? And they're ta- he's talking to them. And what do the Bereans do? They keep pulling out their Bibles and saying, yeah, we just want to see if what you're saying is true. The Apostle Paul. They fact-checked Paul. Because Paul was not an infallible human being. He needed to be fact-checked. And so they looked it up. Okay, it's a little twist, but look it up. Look it up. What does the Bible say about this? We all have opinions, and we are all great at expressing them. Do they line up an ounce with what the Bible has to say? An ounce. Are they just the opinions that we formed because of our experiences? Look it up. I want to give you one more. There are many. In Acts 1, Jesus ascends to heaven. Look at verse 9 and following. After saying this, he was taken up into the clouds and while they were still watching. And they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Jesus came at Christmas and the Jesus who came at Christmas is the same Jesus who's coming back in all of his glory. Do you ever wonder, could today be the day? Do you ever just stand and stare at a beautiful cloud and go, I wonder if this is it? I wonder, if it's, I wonder if this is it. Is it time to go? Do you ever wonder? Do you ever look up and wonder about heaven? Wonder about life beyond this life. Wonder, wonder what Dave Fry is doing right now. Wonder what Roger Swank is doing right now. Do you ever wonder about out there? Because out there is as real as right here. Do you ever wonder about it? Do you ever look up? Holy living is inspired by heavenly thinking. When we think about beyond, it inspires holiness in us. Look up, eyes on the clouds. Jesus closes the book of Revelation with these words. He who is faithful, witness to all these things that Jesus is speaking, saying, yes, I am coming soon. And what does John say? Amen. Would you come quickly? Would you get back? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with God's holy people. Look up. Always look up. This is going to be our word for the year. I believe it is a word that if we live into with intensity and sincerity, we will be changed for the good. And we're going to keep it in the forefront of our minds, in part, by reviewing at our times of communion. Just like we've done the John Wesley questions this past year, this will be part of our focus for the coming year. And here is my prayer, that it will transform us. So we just had an anniversary, got married in Bloomington in 1985 at a little church a couple blocks from Kim's house. And uh, that little church has grown to be a much bigger church now. Several years back, Our family was on vacation down in Bloomington and said, let's let's go to the church. It'd be kind of cool to see what it's like. We got out of the car, parking lot. We walked to the door. We got to the door. We were let in. We walked across the foyer. We got to the... The Eileen door, you know, where the bulletin person is. Bulletin person was talking to somebody, handed us a bulletin. We went in. We sat down. We waited for the service to start. The service started. We did our thing. We were done. We got up. We walked back out. We walked through the foyer. We walked back through the parking lot. We got back into our car. And it wasn't too long into the car that I said, do you know what just happened to us? Not one person all morning said hello. Hello. In a church that size, not one person said hello. Not one. But, but I said it was beyond that. Not one person looked us in the eyes. Not one person even acknowledged the existence of a human being in the room. I don't think that that happens very often here. I mean, one of the great compliments we get as a church is that it's warm and friendly. Not too much, not, you know, love, mommy, ew. But, you know, Enough. 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 But oh, my goodness, we, we can never lose that. We've got to keep that going. That, that when we literally, when we walk through the front doors, we stop long enough to look around and say, I need, to, I need to acknowledge that humans are in the room. I need to acknowledge the presence of another human being because they are created in the image of God. They are created with dignity and worth, and they deserve that. And we want them to know that. And by that, I I hope that by the end of the year, again, people won't go, Ew, they they like people too much. But that they'll know that even just by the look of our eyes, we look on them the way that Jesus does, with compassion, dignity, and grace. So, we're going to move to communion. And as we do, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do that Lord's Prayer again, okay? But this time, we're going to look up. Pray it the way you pray it. We all have a different way to pray it, okay? Don't worry about getting all the words right. But look up. You know how it starts, our Father in heaven, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory, they are yours now and forever. Amen. We have six places to go for communion. Two in the front, two in the back, two on the side stages are gluten-free. And as you do, listen to a song that reminds us to keep our eyes on Jesus. to the sky. Let's sing it together. Words are up here if you need them.
1: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and
0: grace. It's been a great year. What we did the other night for
1: Christmas Eve, we couldn't have done a year ago, right? Come and see what God has done.
0: It's been a great year. I hope you're celebrating it. I love being with you. I love being able to be your pastor. I, I just I love, I love Southfield so much. The place just fills my heart. So what you may not love is the way I sing, but I thought it would be good to end with a song that's become a practice of our worship team and uh, actually something that I did with the Yodas, okay? Every meal they'd say, let's sing the doxology. So again, if you need the words, they're there. Oh, this has been my favorite background of the season, by the way. We may never have a different background again. If, if you know the words, eyes to God. Praise God from whom all
1: blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for all that you gave us in 2018.
0: Thank you for all you will do and be for us in 2019. Keep our eyes up, always up. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can head out, but here's the thing. You've been warned, so help me. You look at carpet on the way out. You're in trouble. See ya.
1: Where are you now when darkness seems to?